Welcome back, folks, to episode five of the Running Man Self-Regulation and Self-Improvement Project podcast with your host, Arlando Dominguez, PhD in health psychology, and also licensed professional counselor and adjunct professor and researcher and martial artist for many years as well. Now, these are all pertinent details, and the reason is because uh, what we're going to be talking about today is breathing, and that runs rather effectively through all of my disciplines and practices. But also, uh, when it comes to dealing with stress, anxiety, post-traumatic stress reactivity, and also uh, whenever we're stressed and worried, like taking a test in college, this sort of thing, having test anxiety, knowing how to breathe is very, very important. But on top of that, what I wanted to really emphasize in today's episode, I'll be teaching you a simple breathing exercise that it, I don't want to call it an exercise, but rather call it a method. As if we call it an exercise, we may take it or leave it. But if you realize it's a method that's effective, you may take it with you wherever you go. And that's my goal. But I'll be teaching you a method. I'll give you a little background on breathing because all breathing's not equal. And if you've ever had anyone shove a book at you, say, here, this has breathing methods. And there are quite a few good books out there with multiple breathing methods that are permutations on the inhale and exhale. But you would think breathing is pretty simple. It's only two parts. You suck wind and you blow it out. And essentially, yes, but also depending on what's going on, not so much. And we're going to deal with an aspect that qualifies the not so much because, once again, not all breathing is equal when it comes to stress, relieving anxiety, uh, discomfort, or feelings of panic whenever we're having it. Now, this method I'll be showing you uh, is known by many people, and I will give some qualifiers to it because uh, some people adjust the length of the breath hold, this sort of thing, the length of the exhale, and those start to become more like stunts out of yoga, and those things are okay. They serve a purpose when you get more skillful, absolutely wonderful methods to use. I've used them before, and yes, please do. But uh, whenever you're dealing with something that is uncomfortable to you in the immediacy of your social life, or you're out in public and you have something like this, you want something to work, you want it easy, and you want it to be effective. And that's where I'm coming from with this particular method. And the method is um, known more effectively as a four-count breath. Some recognize it under the term square breath. When I used to teach it years ago, I used to call it square breath. And then I looked on the internet and somebody had stolen the term. And uh, I'm assuming they took it from me. They probably didn't. But uh, the square breath indicates the four aspects of the breath. And uh, the equivalents mean all sides are the same. So the breathing out, the breathing in, and the holds are all equivalent. And whenever we do a square breath, we're going directly into the instruction right now, and then we'll give you some background. Um, the breath hold and the exhale and the inhale should all be uh, to account count of four, not four seconds. 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, 1,004. That's too long. If you've ever felt anxiety and feel like you can't catch your breath, do you really think that you can hold it for four seconds? I would say no. Now, I will tell you that if you have an internal count of four, one, two, three, four, exhale, one, two, three, four, hold, one, two, three, four, 
inhale, one, two, three, four, hold, one, two, three, four, let it go, one, two, three, four, hold again. Before you inhale, one, two, three, four, then inhale again, one, two, three, four. It should all be equivalent. And whenever you're breathing, it shouldn't be like, oh, you're really sucking wind and then you're holding breath under pressure. You don't want to do that. That actually just creates more stress and pressure. And we don't want you to pass out if you're having something along the lines of an anxiety or panic attack in the truest sense. But whenever you do the suspension of breath and the hold and the exhale and inhale, all of those, do an equivalent internal count for your internal count for not anyone else's, not the standardized version, not the one they have to buy manual on the internet to show you how to count how long and how often and how frequent. Don't want to do that. Allow your body to do what it knows how to do, and that's allow it to breathe. Then you allow it to hold by intending to hold. Just close your mouth. Hold for the count of four. Blow it out. Count of four. And after you blow it out, before you inhale, what you want to do is blow it out. Hold. One, two, three, four. Inhale then. One, two, three, four. So it's still a two-cycle breath, but you're just splitting up the cycle by putting a pause between all segments, which is going to be after you blow out, you hold. You would think you should uh, suck in right away. Well, that's our natural tendency to mechanically breathe because we aren't just going to make that way. And that's just how we're made. But the suspension of the breath after you exhale, this is where the magic happens. And I've seen it become rather useful um, to people because they're allowing themselves that little hiatus, that little space, even after they blew out. They didn't blow out the air. They're blowing out carbon dioxide. But the inhale that they took in, they're giving themselves twice the amount of time to absorb the oxygen that they had inhaled in when they inhaled. When I inhale, hold, I'm absorbing. Blow out, I'm still absorbing. I've blown out some CO2, but not all of it. But yet I'm giving myself more time to be able to use the O2 saturation in my blood, or to get more O2 saturation by way of the lungs whenever I inhale. So you give yourself a little more space, a little more time, and also the anxiety goes down. And we'll discuss what anxiety is here in just a little bit, but the natural tendency to think that just as soon as you exhale, you inhale, and that's it. If you're living like that, then you're a mouth breather. That's not a really good thing. So if you're nice and comfy, you should be able to inhale and exhale through your nose. But for this exercise, if you inhale, exhale through your mouth, that's okay. And if you are in anxiety, stress, panic mode, don't try to nose breathe this. This is probably not one of the best things to do whenever you're stressed like that. You want to be able to take in as much oxygen as possible. This is not a refinement of breath, but rather a method of survival whenever it feels like it's all going to heck in a handbasket, okay? So once again, inhale four, hold. After you hold, you let it go, count of four. Hold again after you let it go. And then you inhale again, count of four. Pretty simple. Now the background. I mentioned that not all breathing is the same, nor is it equivalent uh, in the fact. Not all breathing is the same because deep breathing versus shallow breathing and suspending your breath like the the four count, these are all methods of different types, and they all serve a different purpose. Now, I will tell you that if you've done deep breathing before, and somebody's trying to tell you to do it whenever you're in the middle of a stressful event, don't listen to them. Let me tell you why. It doesn't mean that they're not well-meaning. It just means they're a bit ignorant. And ignorant means not stupid. It just means needing education. 
And this is what we're doing. We're trying to educate you. Whenever you are stressed, you don't want to start deep breathing unless you intend to start running. The deep breathing actually, whenever you're stressed already, activates the sympathetic nervous system. That means it warms your body, elevates heart rate, and gets you ready to run, jump, hide. So it is in uh, coincidence with the fight and flight response, one of the best things you can do whenever you want to do that. So if you're going to run, you're going to fight, yeah, deep breathing is going to happen naturally. You don't have to do that. It'll be more like a vast bellows breath, but you get the picture. But the deep breathing is not meant to calm you down when you're stressed. The deep breathing method works best when you're already chilling, sitting down, and you're on the way to relaxing, maybe recumbent in a recliner, or even laying down. But the idea is that you expect to relax and go deep, and, and that's okay. That's whenever the deep breathing works best, so it's a good method for that. But very specifically for that sort of thing. The four-count breath that I was showing you is for stress situations. And what's really cool about it, it's probably the most ninja tool that I got. And I'm giving it to you because it's the most effective tool that I have as well. That is for the physiological regulation of stress. And nobody knows you're doing it. You can be standing up in a grocery line stressing out because you're getting a little antsy because of the noise or too many people. Or maybe you're feeling a little impatient. That has a lot to do with arousal going up, heart rate going up, breathing going up. So if you want to manage that and not allow that to get out of control, do this. Nobody knows you'll do it unless you're telling them, hey, I'm doing this. So keep it ninja. So on top of that, whenever you're doing the four count breath, you can do it when you're stopped at a stoplight. It will not hyperventilate you. It will not make you sleepy. It will not make you dopey or feel exceedingly relaxed in a short period of time. It just helps you feel more regulated and minimize the stress so that way it doesn't peak and it stays at a regular level or drops it a bit so you're more in a sense of feeling in control. The next thing, uh, whenever you see people that are telling you to inhale four, hold uh, seven, uh, hold for four, exhale seven, or something like this. Those are variants of the four count breath, and they work really well. But those are things that you might want to do, and it seems more like a stunt. I've done them before. They work really well. They do relax you, but those are optimizing performance breaths, and you can do it to relax, and yes, it can help you once you've gained skill. Now, if you have anything like COPD or asthma, those sorts of things get really, really uncomfortable. So you don't want to do that. And the shorter the breath and hiatus, the better. And you may do more breaths within a minute doing the four count than someone that's doing the, the four, seven, ten. But the idea is you want the effect. You don't necessarily want the outer trappings to be what everyone else is doing. You don't feel like you have to do that to get a better method. Longer breath hold does not mean better relaxation actually starts stressing beyond a certain point if you're not at a certain level of fitness. Now with a four count breath, I have used this and seen this with people that have had uh, multiple uh, medical concerns, comorbidities that are medical in the sense of having had asthma, having had prior heart conditions, uh, respiratory conditions such as uh, COPD and asthma, severe asthma. Also folks that have had a a heart rate that was conditioned to stay high because of a history of 
use of cocaine, this sort of thing, too much stimulant use, but their heart stayed at a high irregular heartbeat, and this actually works with them. And those are things that you can't positively think your way out of. You have actual physical, physiological differences. That's morphology in the body as a result of the environmental stress. So these methods ought to work, and they shouldn't be intrusive to the body or anything that shocks the body. This is where the four count excels. And most people will tell you how to do it, but won't explain the ins and outs of it. I'll give you a couple of quick little um, snippets of stories that uh, people relate to me after I've shown this to them. Uh, the folks, whenever I would teach them the, the four count breath in classes, I would have them take a pulse before, uh, do 15 seconds and multiply times four, get your uh, heart rate or beats per minute. And then we would do the breath. We'd proceed to do it. And I would never tell my folks that I was teaching how long to do it for. Just do it until I tell you stop was the instruction. We'd go as, as little as 15 seconds on purpose. I did that to about 30 or 45 seconds, sometimes as long as a minute and a half. And most of these folks felt really, really good by the end of it either way. But I would have them do another pulse afterwards and we'd do a comparative. And it felt like sharing, we put it on the board and we talk about it. On the average, my experience, and this is anecdotal because I did not take notes. Maybe I should have. But on the average, most of the drops in heart rate, and there were drops in heart rate, were about 15 to 20 beats per minute, and most 12 to 12 to 15 beats per minute, rather, on the average. But on the more extreme, we had some folks that uh, had been diagnosed with uh, severe anxiety disorders, among other things, or had been in car wrecks that their thoracic spines had been crushed, and they wound up having difficulties breathing. So they not only breathed shallow, but their heart rates were a little high as a result of that. And I'm not sure what the impact uh, was regarding the neurological function there. But uh, even they, though they had naturally higher heart, heart rates as a result of their conditions, were able to feel not only relief, but experience a drop in heart rate because their sense of stress was being alleviated, which is really good. But uh, the most extremes were close to 30 beats. No, one was 30 beats per minute. And they had been diagnosed with anxiety and were taking anxiety events four times a day. And uh, now there is another story where a gentleman that I knew was working as a bench jeweler, not given any names here and had had a history of, of using stimulant drugs for years and no longer was. I showed him this technique and he was probably the most skeptical of most of the folks that I uh, shared this with, which I always encourage that. I love feedback, feedbacks, what we would call the breakfast of champions. You want to get better, listen to the feedback. It doesn't have to be nice, don't have to like it, but what can we learn from it? So the feedback he gave me was along the lines of, at the time, Mr. Dominguez, I need to talk to you. It's like, okay, let's go to the office, go talk. Then he said, uh, let me tell you what happened. So he proceeded to tell me that he had gotten an extremely expensive jewel on his bench that was to be cut. That was particularly soft and ran in the range of about eighty-five dollars or $86,000 uncut. And he said he didn't want to ruin that in his historical practice was to take an anxiety med before, then he would do the cut, but then he would be dopey the rest of the day. He'd feel slowed down and feel like uh, he was 
uh, dope-headed because of having had to take that medication just to do that one cut. He said, what the heck, let's give this a try. And he tested the method. Instead of using the medication, he used the four-count breath. He did that for a couple of minutes, and then he went off to do that. And he said it was wonderful. He said he did the cut. He was steady. And his heart rate, that usually was extremely high for an average person of his size and age, um, was steady and lower than normal. And he said, I just want to tell you thank you because... I'm going to add this to my cool toolbox, he said, the use of the four camera, which was amazing to me. But the effectiveness was in an everyday setting. Another one was a young fellow that had also used stimulant drug for a long time, but didn't know how to manage his stress and anxiety. He had a naturally high heart rate as a result of having used and had stopped and was clean and sober for a time, but still struggled with stress at his job and whatnot. He comes to me and tells me, Mr. Dominguez, your breathing method doesn't work. I said, well, I was using it and uh, it doesn't work. But well, okay, we got something to talk about. Let's go sit down. So we went to the office and we had a seat. Then he proceeds to tell me, yeah, I had my kids this weekend. We rented movies and we we're having a really good time. It's like, all right. He says, you owe me the cost of a movie. And I said, what do you mean? He said, yeah, we got the movie, The the Expendables. I said, yeah, wow, good movie, good action movie. I enjoyed that, I told him. And he said, I didn't enjoy it at all. And I said, okay, so what's this have to do with breathing? He said, I was doing the breathing method so I could stay calm with my kiddos and enjoy them. And I said, okay, did it work? He said, yeah, it worked. But whenever I was watching this movie, I just couldn't get into it. I couldn't enjoy it. And I stopped him and I said, you said this didn't work. He said, yeah. And I told him, no, I think it did. And he said, what? I told him, what do you rent the action movies for? Well, the action, the excitement. And he's like, oh. I said, yeah, it worked. You really uh, <laughs> worked it a little too well, so therefore you didn't enjoy your movie because you cut down your potential for excitement during the action movie, so it worked very well. So those are some anecdotes, just some ideas that, that people have tried and used this method with in their everyday life. So my encouragement is, if you're going to use this, practice it during the commercials of your TV shows and see how much more you get out of the shows you're actually watching. Practice this when it's low stakes. Anything that you get good at, you practice over time. And anything that you want to work when it counts most, you need to gain some skill, which means practice a little bit. You don't have to put in a whole lot of hours, squeeze it in during the time you're not really busy, and over time you'll get better, but use it. The idea is to use it. And on top of that, what you want is to be effective whenever you need it most. So this was my offering today, the four-count breath. Go out and use it. Give it a shot. And we'll talk more about breathing in another episode. And the idea of residual breath and what goes on with that whenever we are stressing, and also even some beliefs we have about breathing, per se, and we'll talk more about that. But signing out for now, thank you for your time, and I certainly appreciate visiting with you today. And just remember to follow, like, and subscribe, and share this with people that you think might be able to benefit from it. So you take care. Bye.